The Rays Radio Network proudly presents This Week in Rays Baseball. Here's your host, Neil Solons. Well, hi, everybody. I hope you're enjoying the off day of the World Series. And more than that, I hope you're really uh, enjoying the moments that have been part of this 2020 postseason for the Rays. Look, it had been 12 years since Tampa Bay had been to a World Series and won a World Series game. So just winning game two, and we all want to see this group win the whole thing, uh, is tremendous. And hopefully you enjoyed that game two win. Um, here with it being the off day, you know, we've had a unique opportunity in Arlington to get to do even socially distance some really cool interviews with a, a lot of um, individuals with great ties to Major League Baseball um, or the Rays, um, and some obviously with both. So we, um, and, and with our hour-long uh, pregame show, sometimes we don't even have enough time to fit it all in. So I thought we'd give you kind of extended versions of some of our, our chats. Um, on this podcast, you're going to hear from three individuals. You'll hear from uh, Andrew Kittredge, who is working his way back from an elbow injury and certainly um, was a big part of what the Rays were doing early on this year. Uh, you'll also hear from uh, the immortal Jason Stark, and uh, what of his most uh, interesting um, observations have been about this World Series and about the Rays. Um, and we have done a lot of reminiscing with the 2008 folks, and they really are pulling for this 2020 team uh, to win the whole thing. And so we'll have a conversation with James Shields. Uh, but I'll start with Andrew Kittredge. Um, Andrew is uh, back with his wife and his, his little one, and you'll hear the little one in the background, too. Um, and I asked him, you know, what this whole ride has meant uh, to him and, and his family. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me on, Neil. And uh, it's it's pretty awesome. I mean, uh, you know, just even though I haven't been with the team for, for a while now just because of the injury and everything, but just being attached to the team and seeing, you know, how the whole thing has progressed and how, you know, everyone, you know, we've had a lot of injuries, not just myself. I mean, obviously there's been so many injuries in the bullpen and stuff, but just to see all the guys that have stepped up big, I mean, throughout the regular season and then obviously in the playoffs, I mean, uh, it's, it's been so much fun to watch, uh, even from a distance, you know, not being able to be with the team, but, uh, you know, being a part of the team as I was at the beginning of the year and then, and then following them, the rest of the time has just been uh, it's been outstanding. So, Jalen Beeks and Colin Poche told me about the fact that you guys were either FaceTimed in uh, during the celebrations. What did that mean to you? How did it touch you personally? Oh, it was so cool. You know, just just in that moment where all those guys there are obviously you know having such a good time celebrating, uh, going to the World Series. Um, to to so quickly think about us who aren't with them. And, and include us in that. That was pretty special. You know, I, I didn't expect it. Um, I, I can't speak for the other guys on on whether or not they expected it. But uh, it was really cool. You know, when when I got that FaceTime from Joey 10 minutes after the game, um, you know, and then I'm just getting kind of passed around the locker room and and guys are saying hello and congrats and everything. It was it was really special and uh, something that I won't forget. I mean, I, I know at the time for them, it uh, I don't know if that, if they knew how much that would mean to us. But, uh, I mean, for me, that was pretty special. And for you and Toby and your little one to get to be at a World Series game, what's that going to mean? Uh, I don't know. I, I, it's funny. I was thinking about that the other day, you know, three or four 
five years ago, I guess, you know, I, I'd kind of not necessarily given up on, but, uh, I think I kind of never even know, knew or thought I kind of lost, lost the idea that I might even make it to the big leagues. And then, uh, you know, here three or four years later, uh, the team that I'm representing is, is playing in the world series. That's, that's, uh, something that I, it's, it's kind of hard to wrap my, my brain around, uh, but it's, I mean, at the same time, it's pretty awesome. I mean, you know, it's unfortunate that I, I can't be in uniform and, and be with the guys there. But, uh, you know, to be able to go to the stadium and, and watch the game, especially in a year where that's been relatively impossible, is it, it, pretty cool. And obviously, uh, you know, you're getting some good quality time with the family. But at the same time, you're recovering. And you were playing, pitching so well before the injury. How is your recovery going and how unique is the what you're doing to try and recover to avoid Tommy John? Uh, I think so far the, the recovery is going good. You know, we just had kind of a unique time frame um, where, you know, if, if I decided to do the surgery, um, I was going to miss all of, of 21 season. Um, and where, you know, we had kind of a little three month window uh, where we could try to rehab it and, and see if my arm kind of took to the rehab and, and uh, you know, kind of went from there and then if we had the surgery you know and and that three at the end of that three months then i still miss you know all of 21 so uh you know it it still kind of remains to be seen whether it's going to work or not but um i think to this point everything is going really well i feel great um i just started throwing this week or last week excuse me um and so far you know i haven't had any hiccups you know knock on wood obviously it, it keeps going well and i and i keep uh progressing and 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 hopefully be ready to go for beginning of next year so now what was the procedure did you yeah i know your little one's excited did you have a, <laughs> was it stem cell what, what did they do um it was uh i'm actually not even quite sure it was it was very much kind of like a stem cell. it was just a, a injection that was trying to help kind of repair the ligament rather than um than do a surgery to just completely go in and repair it um the initial uh, diagnosis was was uh, kind of that it might not be as bad as it originally seemed. So that's why we were kind of willing to uh, to take the chance. You know, it was, it was a sprain in the UCL. It wasn't a full tear or anything like that. So um, it's just something that, uh, I mean, it's kind of experimental, I guess. I mean, it's, you know, I don't know if there's a, a good percentage of success rate to put on it, but... But everything up to this point, uh, everything seems to be, you know, going smoothly. I mean, I feel good. I'm encouraged by that. I, you know, I, our, uh, record, uh, rehab coordinator, Paul Harker has just been doing a great job. Everything is, um, you know, he explains stuff really well. I mean, and, and the doc that I saw, you know, same thing, just, just really kind of, uh, explaining stuff well to me, everything seems to be, uh, above board and, and I'm excited at the opportunity to, to possibly avoid surgery, obviously, anytime you can avoid surgery, I think that's a good thing. But, you know, I'm also not completely, um, you know, so naive to think that I might not have to have surgery. So, you know, I mean, it. we'll see, you know, we'll see how it goes with the with the throwing and everything. But up until this point, I mean, everything's been really encouraging. I think my arms really uh, reacted well to it. And, uh, and we'll, you know, we'll see how it goes. Well, fingers crossed, Andrew. We really appreciate some time. Enjoy the World Series games that you're at. Enjoy the time with the family. And 
hopefully we'll be chatting in the spring about how well the recovery has gone. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. And uh, go Rays. We need, uh, what, three more wins now. Good stuff from Andrew Kittredge, and we certainly appreciate his time. Um, you know, Nick Anderson has been a big part of the bullpen this year. In fact, so much so that uh, the immortal Jason Stark actually gave him a new nickname, and that's not the only reason we have uh, Jason on our podcast today, as you'll hear. Um, he had a lot of interesting things to say and make some pretty cool observations about what has impressed him in the first two games of the World Series. Thanks, Neil. Happy October to you. It's, it's been a, a fun October, a different October for sure. What has intrigued you the most about this World Series and what, it, what has been most interesting to you in the first couple games? Well, I, you know, one of my favorite things about baseball right now in 2020 is the way people think, the way the really smart teams in the game think. And this is the thinking man's and thinking woman's World Series. There's just so much unique strategy going on every day, every inning of every game that, uh, like, I'm just immersed in it. Just for an example, game two, with two outs in the ninth inning, we had two things happen that had never happened in any World Series game ever played. The, the Rays, when they were up to bat, used two pinch runners at the same time. I had never seen that. We looked it up, never happened in any Rays game in history, never happened in any World Series game in history. And then in the bottom of the ninth, two outs, nobody on. Kevin Cash went to the mound, brought in Diego Castillo. He got a one-out save, but that had never happened. Where two outs in the ninth inning, nobody on base, a team changed pitchers, and a guy came in and got a save. And that's just an example of what we're watching here. The game beneath the game. This is like 20,000 leagues beneath the game. And not only is it really unique stuff happening, Jason, but look, you've got you know, tremendous performances happening because these teams are very, very talented too. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, the, the, the Rays just don't get enough credit for how talented they are up and down the roster because, look, face it, the Dodgers are more star-studded. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that going in. But, you know, I spent... Like I watch a lot of baseball anyway, but I've I've spent the entire month of October watching every game that the Rays play. And the depth of their team, the amount of talent on their team is amazing. Um, and it was to me, it was laughable to watch the overreaction to game one. <laughs> And here people just assume that the Dodgers are going to sweep them or something. No, that is not going to happen. Now, having said that, I think there are certain games that line up better for the Rays than others. I thought game two was one of those games. Um, I think they need to win those, those matchups where both teams are going to empty their bullpens and use a lot of uh, relievers. Those are Rays kind of baseball games and so they need to make sure they win those um because it's a struggle trying to beat walker bueller right or beat clayton kershaw when they're great nobody beats them nobody hits them but on the flip side of that some would say how do you beat charlie morton in the postseason yeah for sure Uh, i mean the one i think the one difference is you know you're not going to get a lot of volume from charlie Mm -hmm. uh charlie is charlie is great and I think this is a real reflection of what he is now. Um, tremendous stuff, tremendous smarts, tremendous presence, 
just very comfortable in the big moment on any stage. But you're going to need your bullpen in a Charlie Morton start. Um, I think that's likely in a Walker Bueller start, too, just because of all the blister problems. He's not that built up. But there are certain games where um, you just know the Dodgers' top-line starters are going to go deeper in the game than the Rays are. And then the other part of it is the way the, the two lineups grind through at bats. Uh, like the, the Rays have quicker at bats. That's just a fact. Um, the, the Dodgers wear down pitchers and get them out of the game. So it would really be interesting to me to see how deep Charlie Morton can go in Game 3. Is that the difference, the biggest difference between the teams? And now that it's, in essence, a best-of-five World Series, since the teams are even a game apiece, what do you think determines who ends up winning this? Um, I, I, I still think it's a toss-up. My one worry going in uh, about the Rays was I wasn't sure they'd be able to score enough. You know, you, you just go through the numbers of the guys in their lineup n- night after night, and it's just amazing to see all right, the guy hitting leadoff tonight's hitting 107 in the postseason. <laughs> Brandon, Brandon Lau is 6 for 56 in the postseason. Hunter Renfro hit cleanup in game one. He'd struck out in nine of his 15 plate appearances in the postseason. And it, so when you get to these types of games, you're facing great pitching. And it's hard to hit right now. It's really hard to hit the best pitching in the game with all the game planning that goes on. The Rays are strikeout prone anyway. And so look at how they've scored in this postseason. It's mostly with the long ball. And even though Brandon Lau did hit two out in game two, uh, this, is a, this is a much tougher park to homer in than, than the Trop or even in Petco the way it's been playing. And so they're going to have to do what they did in game two, and that is – Get the big hit in the big moment. And probably play from in front because as we've seen with both games of this World Series so far, the team that is playing from ahead uses its bullpen markedly differently than the one that's playing from behind. Yeah, and I think, you know, I I heard a lot of second guessing of the way Kevin Cash handled his pen in game one. But I think it's a reflection of exactly that. When he gets a lead in almost any inning, you know, it could be the third inning, let alone the 5th, 6th, 7th, he's already thinking, how am I going to deploy my A-list out there, uh, the best of my stable? And he thinks a little differently when he's behind, even if it's a run, run behind. And that game got away from him in, in game one, but I think that's why, because he has a different plan when he's ahead versus he's behind. And the Dodgers clearly have the same strategy, There's just one difference. The Dodgers have more uncertainty in how they're going to get to the 27th out than the Rays do. The Rays can get there a million different ways. Don't care how they get there. But in the Dodgers' case, they're built for Kenley Jansen to get those last three outs, and he's been shaky. Now, he, he had some better moments in the LCS, but that's still a big question that hangs over their team and hangs over this World Series. Is Kenley Jansen the guy who pitched those two games in the LCS, or is he the Kenley Jansen we've been watching all season? And, and with that, you actually you mentioned getting to the 27th out. You renamed Nick Anderson, so to speak, in your latest time. <laughs> Thanks to the help of fans, it's the leveragist. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I asked Kevin Cash after that game, Look, it's obvious that Nick Anderson's not your closer. 
So do you have a name for what he actually is on your team? And he said, I'll, I'll leave the names to you. I don't have a good name. Well, that was dangerous. I, you know, I've had some thoughts, but I thought, this is, this is Twitter at its finest. This is when Twitter can actually contribute to the betterment of human life. <laughs> Let's throw this out there and collect the best names that people can fire at me, even though it's 1 o'clock in the morning. And it was amazing how many great ones that I got. So I wound up listing my, my top five. And the more I thought about it, the more I thought the leveragist just had the coolest ring to it. There's some really good ones. The Michael Clayton was good because he was George Clooney who played the fixer in that movie, right? The, mm -hmm. the, nick, of, the nick of Time. I, I don't have to explain that one to you, right? No. The, the fixer. <laughs> there, was, there really were some fun names, a bunch that didn't make the cut, but I just felt like if you were going to cast the Nick Anderson movie, the leveragist works for me. And, um, you know, just, just so you know, the, like the, the magical factoid that goes with this is in this postseason, uh, he's been used as a traditional closer, got a, got a three out save in the ninth, but he's also pitched in the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth innings because this is just the Rays in 2020, isn't it? It has been, as you call it, the irregular season, and we've enjoyed reading you, and I hope people will read your column in The Athletic. Uh, Jason Stark alone is uh, worth the price of The Athletic subscription. So we appreciate some time and continued great writing here in the World Series. Neil, I appreciate it, man. Enjoy the series. Great stuff from Jason Stark, and I do mean that um, just his writing and that of Ken Rosenthal alone is uh, reason enough to uh, subscribe to The Athletic. I've got my subscription, um, and you're missing out on some really good stuff uh, just covering the game of baseball uh, if you're not following. Uh, and you should follow Jason on Twitter, too, because he's a really good follow in addition to his terrific columns. Um, and then uh, we've been on these uh, podcasts um, or, or during the course of this uh, World Series, and really during much of this year when we had the pandemic, we caught up with a lot of guys from the 08 team. And, you know, how could you not chat with James Shields? He's still, by the way, and this is how I introduced him, the only Rays starter to win a World Series game because it was Nick Anderson who got the victory in relief uh, in Game 2 of this World Series. We'll see if that changes. Hopefully so. But uh, for now, James is alone in the record books. Oh man, I'm I'm having a blast with this. I mean, it's it's so much fun to watch the Rays back in back in the World Series. Um, you know, it definitely brings back a lot of memories. Uh, and and the fact that I, I was born and raised in LA and and, and grew up a Dodger fan. Um, you know, the two teams that I that I love uh, are in the World Series. It's so, it's so much fun to watch. You got to throw out a, a ceremonial first pitch at a distance in, in, when the team was in San Diego. What did that mean to you? Yeah, I mean it was it was awesome. I got the phone call, uh, you know, the day before, and and um, you know, unfortunately, um, you know, me being in living in San Diego and 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 having the team right down the street, I wasn't able to go, actually go to the stadium and and throw the first pitch out. But um, you know, being able to do it virtually and and do it for the boys, I mean, that was that was pretty special uh, for me. Um, you know, again, I I mean, it was. It was an amazing, uh, amazing uh, thing the Rays did for me. But, um, you know, I was definitely doing it for the boys and for the Rays, man. <laughs> you touched on the memories that they've jogged. What are the things that come back to you when you watch them? I mean, for me, it's it's this is what it's all about. I mean, this is what when you grow up as a little kid, um, you know, 
your main goal is to win a World Series and go to the World Series and, and actually play well and, and do well. And that's the main goal for every baseball player. And, and um, so it definitely brings back a lot of memories as far as being a kid. Um, also, it brings back a lot of memories in, in, you know, when we went to the World Series in 08. And, and this team definitely reminds me a lot of, mm-hmm. of who we were character-wise, um, you know, in the, our 08 team. So, um, but yeah, it brings back a lot of memories for us. And we had so many, so many good times and good celebrations and, and, uh, and good people. So it's good. Have you been uh, texting with a lot of your former teammates when you were with the Rays in 08 during this time? Yeah, actually, we uh, we we started a uh, a little a little uh, 2008 feed. So we got about nine of us on on the feed, man. And so we've been kind of going back and forth and uh, messing around and uh, uh, talking smack to 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 some of the clubhouse guys and get getting them going. So it's it's been a lot of fun, man. We uh, it's been nice to reconnect with some of these guys. So who's on that group text? Uh, yeah, JP, Matt Garza. Uh, JP Howe, Matt Garza, BJ's on there, uh, DP, David Price is on there, and um, which is I think is kind of conflicting for him when, he, you know, <laughs> yeah, but uh, but yeah, and, you know, Kevin Barr, a couple, just a bunch of guys on there, so it's it's fun to fun to talk with them. You mentioned you know you see similarities between this team and that team. What are the things that you see when watching them? You know they're young. Um, and they have pitching and defense, you know. I mean, obviously, we had some pretty good hitters on our 08 team, um, and, and the Rays have some pretty good hitters right now as well. Um, but for me, they're young. They're exciting to watch. Uh, you know, they move runners over the way we did, and, and uh, they're just a fun team to watch. You know, they they remind me the most of how they kind of cheer each other on. They root for each other, and they're really just uh, – they, they really enjoy – each other's success, uh, if that makes any sense. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, they're in the they're in the dugout, really rooting for each other, and and uh, you know, they're 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 one team, you know, and 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 they they really get it. And and I know back in the day we used to call it the Rayway, and and they're really really putting out there the Ray their own what Rayway, and and um, they, you know it shows through the television for sure. You know, you mentioned David being in your group text, and I know what a joy he was to be around with this club during the years. How much of a hard time are you giving him over the fact that he's contractually with the Dodgers, and here he's got his his current team and his original team, you know, playing off one another? Uh, well, David hasn't said too much, but a couple thumbs ups in the, in the text message. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, look, we we just we, we just saw this group chat and uh, just just bringing back memories of of our OA team. We we're not really talking about the the series too much on sex message, um, but it was it's more just kind of just saying hi to each other and and going back and forth and and just just reminiscing on on the days that we had in in '08. And um, it's always fun, man. I mean, look, the baseball is a small world, and it's a it's a it's a it's a boys club that that uh, we'll always remember and cherish, and you know we had some really good times. So, but he hasn't he hasn't said too much stuff right now on the text message. So, <laughs> it as, is as really he cool. should as he should. <laughs> yeah, it is really cool that um, you know that 
the you can see the similarities between these teams. Um, the one thing that is different for me, and it's the guy who starts game three, is Charlie Morton. You guys didn't have that kind of you'd gristle the veterans on, in the bullpen, uh, maybe on the bench, you know, with Floyd and Hinsky and those guys. But you didn't have a Charlie Morton. What impresses you about him? I mean, Charlie's a professional. You know, he goes out there and um, you know he pounds the strike zone. And that's one of the things that he's so successful at. I mean, obviously he's got some good movement on his fastball, and but he he's a he's a he's a veteran man. He knows how to pitch. He knows how to navigate his way through the lineup. As you as you saw in the ALCS um, when he pitched in ALCS. I mean he, I mean it seemed like he had seventy pitches in 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 you know six or seven innings. You know, and and uh, he knows how to navigate a lineup, and and he knows how to utilize his pitches. Um, and, and get through the lineup, you know, two or three times through the lineup, no problem. So um, that's one thing that he's going to save that bullpen uh, for the most part. Uh, you know, and, and I, I think that it's, it's nice to have a guy out there, especially in that rotation, to teach those guys how to, how to do things properly. And obviously the Dodgers are a really good team, but if the Rays are to pull this off, what would it mean to you to see, if, to see them win a World Series? Oh man, it'd be great, man. I mean, it's, uh, you know, we, we obviously came up short, uh, in 2008, but, um, just to be able to, to be a part of an organization, um, and be able to root for them. I mean, look, the, 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 the culture changed, uh, you know, a long time ago, back in 2007, 2008 days, and it just hasn't stopped. And that train has kept going for a long time. And you got guys like Kiermaier who are really embracing that and embracing the guys who, who helped build that organization um, and, and keeping, keeping that alive over there is the reason why they've been so successful. I mean, um, the front office has done a phenomenal job of bringing in the right talent, the right guys. Uh, you know, you look, you look down their, their lineup. I mean, there, there's not too many huge superstars in their lineup, but they're always constantly winning, you know, and, 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 uh, they're always they're always grinding away and and they got a good program over there and and um, you got to give a lot of credit to that front office and that's the scouting the scouts in, in there um, you know being able to do a great job of uh, really identifying um, you know who the good players are and who the good character players are mm. yeah there's no question about that this team like you guys has great character people it seems like that's been the hallmark you know in addition to so many other things that's been a hallmark of this group. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, good character wins, you know. Um, I mean, I, I know a lot of people talk analytics all the time, um, and that's a very important part of the game, especially nowadays. Um, and you have to you have to hone that in for sure. Uh, and the Rays done a, you know, they're 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 one of the uh, the benchmarks for that. Uh, but at the same time, you have to bring in guys that, with good character and and guys that that create that good chemistry in the clubhouse because. You know, everything's contagious, you know, and if you're not working together as a team and you're not you're not buying into the process and and guys and players aren't buying into what Kevin Cash is putting out there, it's not going to work. And these guys have bought into Kevin to Cash's uh, 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 program over there and the, the Ray way. And, and um, you know, and it definitely shows out on the field. It, it's, it definitely shows uh, every single day they play. James, great stuff. Hopefully they get this World Series. We appreciate a few minutes. Enjoy the rest of the games. Yeah, Neil, good luck, buddy. Thanks, man. Great to have James Shields and also Jason Stark and Andrew Kittredge with us on our latest podcast. And certainly we appreciate you being with us as well. Uh, join us for every World Series game, 7 p.m. full hour pregame show. 
lot to come each and every night. We thank you so much for joining us. Continue to be part of our broadcast. We will chat with you soon.